Welcome, church, to Marysville First United Methodist Church. We call you guys the church because at home you guys are the church. And so welcome. We are so glad that you joined us today online for church. So we got a couple of things happening today and we're really excited. Um, and we're excited that you're here to experience it with us. And so even this week, we have some awesome things going on. We have Quake tonight. It's actually Quake Plus. We're moving to an all-digital format through YouTube Live. Go to quakeyouth.org live to find out more about that. And then after we do our YouTube Live, we're going to switch over to Zooms for some interactive time. This will feel a little bit like a small group. It'll be different than our normal life groups that we have here, but it'll be a really awesome opportunity for your students, 7th through 12th grade, to plug in um, and be connected while social distancing is what we have to do. And so also on Wednesday, we'll have uh, Outbreak Plus. Um, at 6.30, the same website, quakeyouth.org slash live. Um, and that gives you an opportunity for your fifth and sixth grader to be connected. Um, we'll have a lesson and a whole lot of other fun things for you to do. Um, and throughout this whole week, we're going to be posting stuff on Facebook, on our website, marysvillefumc.org, for you to be active in. Um, again, this is a different time. This is a different era than what we've ever experienced before. But we're excited that we get to partner with you in this and that we get to be the church together. And so I want to start off by doing the breakthrough prayer. So will you join as a family uh, by yourself? Say it loud so the person in the room next to you can hear. Um, let's say this together. Father, unleash the power of the Holy Spirit to bring spiritual breakthrough in my life, in our church family, and in our community. Fill us with humility, unity, and passion. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. And may the name of Jesus be held in high honor in all that we say and do. Amen. Well, good Sunday morning. It's a joy to have you here together virtually to be able to worship together. I so appreciate John and Lucy and their help in helping us to be able to worship. They're home from college. They're seniors in college. This is their home church. And so some of you all have seen them grow up, and now they're investing back into you all. And it's a huge blessing to me already to see their faith and to help us to be able to connect with the Lord. That gives me great hope, and that's something I want to talk about today, this whole idea of having hope and being an optimist. And how to be an optimist, not just in a bland kind of way, but in a way that is rooted in something very real that you can hold on to. And so I was reading about um, an optimist recently that, you know, we've been having a lot of people try to lift each other up on the Internet and in person, and that's great. This particular person was trying to be an optimist, not quite in the right way. Uh, her husband was in the, the depths of depression, and you understand what that can be like right now. And maybe some of you are really struggling with this, and we get that. You know, in this case, the, the husband was, was struggling, saying, I'm not sure I'm going to have a job when this is all over. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. I don't know what's going to happen to my kids. If I get sick with this, I don't know what's going to happen. I've got fear just absolutely taking me over. And now the basement flooded on Thursday, and now it's freezing cold outside. I just can't imagine that things can get any worse. And his wife came along all cheery and ready to just you know, pump it with optimism. And she said, oh, yeah, it can definitely get worse. You just have to believe. Not exactly the right way to be an optimist, right? She starts thinking about what is it that we're saying to people in terms of having hope? What do we put hope in? Well, there are competing kind of visions out there. And so today I want to dig into the scripture with you and talk about how to be an optimist in a way that can sustain us no matter what. 
So the very first thing, I have three different points. You can easily take notes, but I'll repeat them here as we go forward. Understand and believe in the resurrection of Jesus. I know, big shock, right? You're like, I didn't see that coming. He's been preaching on that for weeks, right? So believe in and understand the resurrection of Jesus. Now let me remind you, I've hit on this gently. Let's now look at it straight on. The resurrection of Jesus is an actual event that as people look at the testimonies of people who claimed that that actually happened, sometimes people got all obsessed about the fact that the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John accounts of that, they're not exactly the same. They've got little differences here and there, different perspectives, you know, and, you know, how many people were there, how many different angels were there. And, and some people have looked at that and said, well, I'm not sure I believe it then because it doesn't all line up. But then you've got other people that look at it, like Lee Strobel, the investigative journalist for the Chicago Tribune who became a Christian after looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or um, there's another guy that's a detective right now that's writing some books called Cold Case Christianity as he looked at it. Both of those investigators, that that was their job to investigate things, when they looked at the differences, they said, wait, those accounts are consistent on the most key important elements, but they're they've got little nuances in terms of the little details. For those professional investigators, when they look at it, they say, well, wait, this actually gives it more credibility. If they lined up exactly, we'd know that people were probably lying and they were kind of like looking over each other's shoulders or, you know, they had a, a little scheme. You know how kids are like, you know, hey, how did that, that dent get in the car? You know, and if, if all three kids say the exact same story, you know that they came off to the side and they're like, okay, what are we going to say? <laughs> but if they're all just a little different, you realize, oh, wait, yeah, that's, uh, you know, okay, that, there's probably truth to this. So when you look at the resurrection of Jesus, it's rooted in this whole idea that he really was God's son, he really rose from the dead, and now when I have hope in an eternal life, it's not just a, a bland hope, it's not just kind of an ethereal kind of good feeling or goodwill that I put out into the universe, but it's actually rooted in something that really happened, that people testified to, that then I can connect with, I can talk to him as a risen person now, and by that Holy Spirit that he sends to us, we can have that direct hope, that direct optimism, knowing that this isn't all that there is. And that basement may be flooded, the house could burn down entirely, and yet you've got an eternal home with the Lord that's assured, that can never, ever go away. That's a, kind of a beautiful picture. So we don't know exactly what it'll be like, but he rose from the dead. He said, I'll go prepare a place for you, then I'll take you there. So that's the first way that you can be an optimist. Just have that understanding and belief in the resurrection of Jesus. Number two um, is to understand and be born again. Now, that's a, that's a loaded term. That's a loaded term, so stick with me. I'm going to come at it from, from the side. Born again, that's gotten used and misused so much. You may not have realized, I didn't until I started researching this, there are only two different places in the Bible that use that phrase, born again. A huge movement of, of the spirit, you know, across America and stuff, you know, people just started really grabbing onto that and, th you know, started using that term so much that you'd think it was like throughout the whole Bible. The principle is there, but it's only mentioned two different places, in the book of John and the book of First Peter. A friend of mine was Ukrainian Orthodox, still is, he's still alive, um, but he grew up in Texas. Now think about this, Ukrainian Orthodox, the priests have those big funny hats the big long beards, right? Uh, they, they will swing incense, you know, to, to, to make the whole place smell. Uh, they've got big icons up on the wall. Sometimes they'll kiss the icons to kind of venerate them of Jesus. They, they're, 
They may have crucifixes. They, they cross themselves. Uh, you know. Now, imagine being Ukrainian Orthodox growing up 40 or 50 years ago in Texas, which is like the belt buckle of the Bible belt, right? Like there are more Baptists in Texas than there are people. Like literally when you're going through Texas in the spring and you look over, you can see cows over at the watering trough baptizing other cows. I mean, there's so many Baptists there, it's not even funny. So it was, he was talking about growing up in Texas as a Ukrainian Orthodox. Like his Baptist friends were like, okay, dude, you're obviously not Christian. Like, I don't think you're really born again, and you haven't been dunked under the water as an adult. You didn't have a dramatic conversion. Like, you're not really a Christian. <laughs> and he would tell me about this, and he would say, well, I talked with these people about, you know, this whole born-again idea. And he'd say, wait, I was, I was baptized as a baby in the church. My first memories included going to church. I worshiped God, like, all the time. Um, our celebrations would always be at the church. We'd even watch football in the church basement all together as a family. They were tight-knit. They loved Jesus, and they taught each other about how to be a Christian their whole life. In his particular community, they were very focused on seeing things through the lens of the resurrection of Jesus. Easter was a huge deal for them. And so if you start thinking about the, the whole idea of being born again, it's not just kind of an idea that you have to have a a moment in time that is dramatic and you turn from being a sinner to being a Jesus follower. Some people have that experience. Other people, it's very dramatic. So it's a little, little decision, little decision, little decision, growing up, being formed in the faith. But the idea is the same. In John 3.16, that Jesus rose so that you could have eternal life as you believe in him. The eternal life comes from believing. Whether it's like this lightning bolt event or whether it's little by little, all of a sudden you start believing in him, and that's like a process of being born again. In John 3, Nicodemus heard Jesus use those words, you must be born again to be able to see the kingdom of God, and he got grossed out. He's like, do I have to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, that's a frightening picture to <laughs> have in our head. Uh, so Nicodemus is just like really pushing hard, saying, what? And then Jesus is starting to kind of help him understand, no, 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 no. The Spirit of God comes upon you, helps you to see things differently, helps you to live differently with that kind of love that Mark was talking about with the, the students on, in his outbreak presentation this past week. This whole idea that all of a sudden now you're able to live out this command of God to love one another. It, this whole process then changes you from the inside out. It may be gradual. It may be really, really kind of a powerful event. It may be some combination thereof. Born again seeing things differently, seeing the kingdom then, the influence of God. You can't quite see it until the Spirit is helping you to see it. So now you're rubbing shoulders with other folks, like that guy I was talking about earlier, who's like, I've got a basement flooded, I could get sick, I might lose my job. Yeah, those are real problems. And if you just kind of blandly say, oh, things could get better, you know, that may actually just offend him. You're like, well, prove to me that there's something out there that can show me that it could get better. And you take that person to the resurrection of Jesus and say, look, the worst thing that could happen happened to Jesus. God the Father raised him from the dead. And now you can interact with this risen Jesus anywhere, anytime. That whole idea changes your viewpoint as though you're being born again. Changes the way that you see as though you're being given new eyes and kind of this new whole experience. 
That's what we're talking about. So 1 Peter then, the other place out of the two places where born again is mentioned. Here's 1 Peter chapter, 20, or chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For, and then he quotes another writer, all people are like grass and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Who's the word? The word is the word of God made flesh is Jesus. And then as we look at this whole idea then, as we start to believe in and trust in Jesus and we experience that whole born-again process, whether it started when you were really young or whether it's just now starting to click to you and you're just now being born again, you start to realize, wait, you're being given something that is eternal, that can give you strength now and forever, that can give you life now and forever. And it's this beautiful, beautiful thing so that you're not just a flower that's going to fade and the petals are going to fall. I mean, this is a beautiful flower right now, but we know of eventually, uh, having been kind of cut off from its life source, it's just going to wither and we're just going to throw it away. But instead, we're, we're, it's like we're, we're rooted in a source of life that just keeps on going and keeps giving us that life from within. Well, how can I be sure? Well, you look at the death and resurrection of Jesus and you keep leaning into that, saying, God the Father, is this real? Is this true? If so, by the Holy Spirit, help me to see it differently. Help me to experience it differently. And that comes to number three. This whole idea of as we believe in the resurrection of Jesus, as we start to be, leave and be born again and experience that whole change in heart and mind and soul and the way we see things, then we lean into wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R. We wonder. And I'm, I'm stealing this from this book, uh, Living the Resurrection by Eugene Peterson. So I'm using this in that face group, face group book, Facebook group, I'll get it right, Facebook group porch talk and, uh, and just kind of you know, grabbing some things in there that are helping me as during my devotional time. I was using that book Chosen that a lot of you were using in addition to the Bible. And now I'm using the Bible and this book kind of together to kind of remind me of how to live the resurrection. But Eugene Peterson says that um, the people that experienced the resurrection for the first time, okay, now think about this, 2,000 years ago, You've got women going to the tomb. They think they're just going to bring more spices so that the body doesn't continue to decay and stink and stink and stink in that way. And I know that sounds kind of crass, but you know that's what they're doing. They're coming in, and they're going to kind of help, you know, kind of redo some of that embalming process there, anoint the body with spices. And when they come, they realize the, the guards aren't there. The, the whole the rock's been pulled away, and they start thinking, what in the world is going on? And then they encounter angels one or more angels, you know, there and their frame of reference, they don't understand how to put that together rationally, but as they experience the angels and then they experience Jesus even, one of the ladies cries out to him, Raboni. It's this real, real kind of tender, wondrous way of talking to him. Oh my goodness, my teacher, my dear teacher, there you are, you're alive. I mean, there's just this wonder that just fills their heart. The, the men that end up running there, they're just, they don't know how to put it together with their own power and their thinking. How do we make sense of this? 
Like they're, we have no frame of reference. They've never seen this before. What, what's going on? And in the, then as they find out and they realize, wait, Jesus is alive. And later as they encounter him and they eat with him and they're filled with joy and they're filled with this wonder, this whole idea of wonder, sometimes we lose as we get older. Sometimes we lose the wonder that we even had just in the natural realm as little kids and little babies. Sometimes even that goes away. And so I want to take kind of that natural realm and then, and then kind of marry that with the supernatural wonder. Okay, so, so just kind of stick with me for a second. Do you remember when you were a baby and your mom would play peekaboo with you? I have no idea, but I have seen it with my kids and other kids where, you know, how it goes. Like the little baby's there, you know, has no like control of their, of their arms, you know, and anything. They're just kind of like, you know, trying to hold their head up straight. And the mother's there, drops the blanket, little baby blanket in front of her, her face. And, you know, the baby's like, ah, <laughs> my mom's gone. And then the mom would like pull the blanket back up and it's like, oh, my goodness, she reappeared. She's a witch. You know, the baby didn't know the word yet, but she's like, oh, my goodness, how is this going to happen? And then the mom drops the, the baby blanket in front of her face again, and the baby's like, ah, mom's gone. Where's mom? And then, then you know, mom pulls the blanket back up, and then, oh, my goodness, there she is. Um, I would not be that impressed if my mom did that with me today, but back when I had wonder, it was beautiful, right? You just, and then you see little kids like everything's new. You know, there's a new, new color. And they're like, oh, my goodness, you know. There's a new person that you've never met, be- met before, and they're making really su- silly, goofy faces. And they're like, oh, you know, and you're laughing at them. I mean, the little baby. And then as you start to walk, you know, it's like this wondrous thing. Have you ever seen the little toddlers start to walk, and they get so excited? There's this wonder, like, oh, I can make my legs actually do this. I'm like one of those big people, and there's wonder. And then you go off to school, and your wonder gets squished. And sucked right out of you, right? <laughs> and the teachers are like, yeah, I was really excited and had all kinds of wonder. And then, you know, 20 years into having more and more regulations and more and more expectations. And the parents that just would not support me. And it just sucked the wonder right out of me, you know. And Peterson talks about that, you know. And sometimes even as you start going to work and it just... All of a sudden, the wonder and the excitement you had for work, and sometimes it just starts being sucked out of you. And then it gets replaced with, oh, the boss, the boss, when the boss gives you pats on the back, then that's when you're supposed to be excited and and want to come to work. Or when you get a little more money and the incentives that they give you, that's supposed to now really sustain you. And you know deep down inside, wait, there was wonder that I used to have. Why can't I get back to that? Where did that wonder go? And that's just in the human realm. But now when you think spiritually, this idea of being born anew, born again, wouldn't it be beautiful to then kind of be able to come back to that whole idea of wonder and return and be filled with something that's even more? So, and remember, maybe you had this experience of like in biology class and you started looking at cells, plant cells under the microscope for the first time and you're like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is amazing. This is really wonderful. And sometimes just the natural world itself and the way things grow, I mean, from a little seed and then being able to grow into this complexity and you have wonder there, it's, oh, my goodness, it's amazing. If you take that and you marry it to the idea that, wait, there's a creator that cares about us so much that God created a a level of, of complexity that God didn't have to do that, but just God did because God loves you and wants you to be able to, to experience beauty and wonder, And you start realizing, wait, there's a a wonder that I can return to that as I'm born again with that Holy Spirit helping me to see things differently, all of a sudden I can return 
to that kind of childlike wonder and have it even better because now I've got this idea that Jesus, the risen Savior, sends the Holy Spirit to me so that I can experience wonder right now. So here's what I'm going to close with, and then we're going to go back into some, some worship music for a little bit. I'm just going to try to help you and me to experience wonder through the eyes of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus who's helping us to be born again by his spirit in the way we think and the way we see things, okay? Wonder, wonder, the wonder of the resurrection, the wonder of the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. I want you to take your hand, either one, either hand, and I want you to look at it, and I want you to try to find, hey, go ahead and do this with me, otherwise this is not going to work, all right? You too, Mark, back there behind, yep, all right, he's with me too, all right? So, all right, so find Find a wrinkle that you did not even know existed in your hand. Now, this is weird. You have wrinkles in your hand that you've never looked at before. This is a part of your own physical body that was created by God. You're created in the image of God. There are parts of you that you haven't even noticed before. Okay, now I'm going to come back to that. That Okay, I've got one right here. Now, think about it. You have spots on your body that you've never seen. I have probably places in the back of my head that I've never, ever witnessed. They're a part of me. I don't even know they're there. But Jesus at one point said that every hair on my head, every hair on your head is numbered. God knows you way better than you even know yourself. There are parts of you that you don't even know exist. God knows. And now let's go back to that particular wrinkle. And you realize, wait, God knew that was there. And that wrinkle is a set of cells that goes so deep that at the microscopic level, if I could make myself a little tiny micron level, that would look like a huge, huge, huge canyon. And if I was cut there, it would look so irreparable, like I could never, ever heal because I was so tiny. I would look at it and be like, there is no way I could ever heal. If I looked at it from that perspective, I'd I'd think there's no way. And yet we know that we can heal. We know that, that God has created us in that way. There's going to be an experience of wonder, either right this minute or throughout this day or this week, where you're going to look at something that's in the natural realm, and the Holy Spirit's going to fill you with wonder that you didn't even know that you could, could really experience. And that's going to give you hope, and that's going to give you an optimism that other people are going to need to have kind of spread to them. I want to be contagious in our optimism and then contagious in that wonder. So let me pray for you and pray for all of us here, and then I'm going to turn it back over to John and Lucy to help us to worship. God, would you fill us with wonder? God of wonder. The God who created us and who knows every little cell and every hair on our head. I pray that you would help us to see things and be filled with a wonder that we didn't even know we could experience in this moment. Fill us with wonder. Help us to believe in you. Help us to trust in you. And to you we give worship in this day. In Jesus' name, amen.